This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah, we'll see. When the vaccine hits, we're all going to be really upset about losing the excuse um, to not share things. Yeah, or to break up with someone. Or to break up with someone. Or to cancel plans. End of fling. All right. Come on. Come on. Let's record. We're recording. Oh, great. Already. (laughs) (laughs) Mistakes. Ow. Can we get some, like, gunshot noises in the back? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're going to go. We're actually live from D.C. (laughs) Uh, It's really funny walking here today um, in our anarchist uh, jurisdiction or whatever. (laughs) And everyone's just, like, getting their nails done and, like, hanging out, just knowing that there's a full coup happening um, in the very place that uh, decided that we're, we're the lunatics, you know? Kanye and Kim are getting a divorce. A America as we know it is fundamentally changing. Falling apart. Yeah. Kanye's maybe dating Jeffree Star. Wait, what? No, no. Wait, is that a, is that There's a like rumor? some Jeffree Star allegation. Allegation sounds um, too serious. Although Jeffree Star, I'm sure there actually are allegations. Hold on. Let me pull, pull it up. Um, Kanye West, <laughs> Jeffree Star... Here's how the bizarre theory that Kanye West cheated with Jeffree Star got started is the first article. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So I think I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Well, I'm just going to say it right now to anyone listening. I fucking hate Kanye West with every fiber of my being. And I would die for Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so, you know where I stand um, in this divorce. Yeah. I also hate Jeffree Star. She's the only billionaire I love. I Kim Kardashian West simply cannot agree with that, but I understand. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think um, that there's any billionaire that I love. Yeah, she's what you know. I love her, <laughs> um, and I hope she takes everything from him. But yeah, so Kim and Kanye are getting divorced. Um, there is a coup happening literally as <laughs> right we <now>. record. <laughs> we were like, okay, democracy as we as we know it might be ending, but we have a podcast to record. <laughs> um, so we're just going to hit pause on that. Watch like a, a like civil war legitimately start by the time we're done. I mean... <sighs> Yeah. yeah, we we and we find out by people scaling the buildings. If next it does door happen, and- we're so fucked because leftists might be the most embarrassing <laughs> um, group of people in this country, with, which is my other like, you know, one side or the other hard take um, is that I fucking hate leftists and yeah. I don't really want to identify as one anymore. So I'm going to learn how to use a gun. I've decided I was researching it in my bedroom. Tell gun girl I said us too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think um, leftists are too soft in this country. And I'm not removing myself from that statement because yeah. I also am not in D.C. with a gun right now. <laughs> but I would like to learn how to use one. And mm-hmm. I've been feeling that way this entire year. I don't think it's soft to have an aversion to violence. I think it's soft to sit, you know, sit around it like 
dinner parties and on Twitter and on Instagram (laughs) and like sit in our little echo chambers calling ourselves leftists and like, you know, bitching and moaning while we idealize like Sandinista movements Mm -hmm. or like, you know, Italian anti-fascists in the 40s and 50s. Like, uh, you know, like romanticizing all these people who are our age and like their 20s and 30s, some of them are teenagers who are actually putting their lives at risk. I just feel like when things like this happen in this time in history, that's what makes me frustrated. Yeah. I'm like, well, what are we doing? And like, there are leftist militias that exist. There's one in Rhode Island called the John, John Brown club. Um, that like, will teach leftists how to use guns and like, we'll patrol the streets. Um, when like things like there were like, um, proud boy protests happening two years ago and they started patrolling the streets, which was really rad. Um, so it's like, they do exist. It's just, I don't know. I think people get in their heads about what their politics are versus actually living them out, which is always a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is that um, a lot of people don't actually know what their personal politics are. Exactly. They're just kind of saying things um, to their the people that they went to private school with (laughs) to impress them. I agree with you. Um, You know. I, I love the French Revolution. <laughs> I'm I'm all for bringing out the guillotines. Like I'm. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's I'm, like you know we sit on Twitter being like bring out the guillotine, and I know the f- leftists will be like ew no. Like the yeah. minute we got a guillotine out on the street, they're like guys. Yeah, we all have childhood trauma, yeah, <laughs> which I do. Like there is part of me that does feel that way. Yeah, I'm like I well mean, deal with it when you're dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I like you know only to a certain extent. Like sure, Mitch McConnell probably has childhood trauma, but at this point i'm like okay you had time to go to therapy for that and yeah. you've um kind of instead destroyed an entire nation so <laughs> this is how i feel about it in um i'm a dog owner and in like <laughs> dog owning culture there is a you know if there's a, a dog with a behavioral issue um that is impeding on this dog's life the thing that you should do is either like well not either first thing to do is everything you can to like help with that behavioral issue and if that doesn't work, now the dog is not just a, a, a like a hindrance on your life and mm-hmm. its society, but it's also like clearly unhappy. Mm-hmm. And the like humane thing to do is to put it down. That's how I feel about <laughs> Mitch McConnell. <laughs> but you know, like not. Um, I'm not threatening that. I'm just you know that's theoretically if he were a dog, that's what I would do. <laughs> if he were a dog that were like biting everyone, I'd be like, this is the humane thing to do. Yeah. So I agree with the guillotines for sure. But I also am like, I don't know. A lot of the radicalized people in this country um, actually want the same things. And they've just been like deeply brainwashed as to what the solutions to their problems are. We can split up into teams during the revolution. We can get, you can like, you know, we can have the healers, which would be you. (laughs) Oh my God, this is like a World of Warcraft raid. We'll have the healers and then we'll have the (laughs) militia people, me. Wow, (laughs) for anybody, there's like three listeners who will know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll have the priests, we'll have the warriors, we'll have the rogues. They're all necessary to accomplishing the raid. You know, I have a lot of internalized rage inside of me, so I like would love to fuck it up with a machine gun. Maybe like a hatchet or something. Or both, a gun and a hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. So I would personally like, you know, I'm thinking like uh, True Blood (laughs) when they start their little militia Uh to save the vampires. Uh That's what I want to do. I want to be like a Jason Stackhouse in this scenario. In this scenario. Yes. And Jason's 
like one of the hottest characters. One of the so. hottest characters. And then you can be the Sookie. You can, you know, go use your empathy. To- <laughs> yeah, Sookie's kind of a little bitch though. You're right. Now that you put it that way, I'm like, damn. <laughs> I gotta I gotta do some soul searching. Jason, no. <laughs> Sookie. Sookie. Sookie's just so like, maybe the reason yeah. you're e- eating all these people is because you're so hurt. <laughs> her, ter- her terrible accent. I love that everybody in that show, not only are they like not Southern Americans, but they're not, not American. American. So their accents are truly all over the so place. Bad. Um, we love you, Anna Paquin. Anyway, <laughs> so I think we sufficiently covered the coup. <laughs> I, I think we've too. said there's any everything that there is to be if said about the coup. For we've this said episode, it. yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> um, and if anyone disagrees with us, um, Nika, Nika has welcomed you to come just open fire on us because that's how we solve problems now. Um, Let me just get my gun first. I'm like, fuck, fuck, it's jammed. <laughs> You're like, no, Nika, it's not loaded. <laughs> Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> See, that's why I'm not pro war is because I grew up with a bunch of like, you know, boys, boys who like play that we would like play gunfights. And I was always the one that was like, stop, stop. I'm not ready. <laughs> like I was always the one in the team, like time out, time out, time out. <laughs> and I think that's um, why I would not be helpful in a militia, but <laughs> Alisa's taking a selfie of us. <laughs> now that Elisa's back on social media, <laughs> she cares about the pod. No more filing the nails this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so shall we just dive into uh, mistakes, keepsakes, keepsakes and, and hot, hot takes. takes? Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. I feel like a lot of our hot takes we just fucking bled out onto into Maybe. this. Maybe. I mean, my hot take was probably going to be about COVID again. So. Okay, perfect. I have hot takes that have nothing to do with um, the coup because it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're still processing. <laughs> it just started. So that'll be next week. Next week, uh, we'll have our uniforms. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's our promise. If if we go to war, we're still going to keep up with the pop. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so don't worry. Best mistakes isn't going anywhere. Yeah. But um, do you do you have yours ready or should I go first? Um, yeah. All right. So let's see. My keepsake of the week is that I just got back from the Berkshires last night, um, which could be considered a mistake to some people because <laughs> um, I was with friends. Um, that was lovely. Stayed at my friend Jesse's parents' house. Had no cell service. It was gorgeous. Went to Mass Mocha. <laughs> uh, Mass Mocha. I really Beautiful. grew up going there constantly. Yeah, I um, did some shrooms, but just enough that I could still drive. So I didn't trip too hard, but tripped hard <laughs> enough that I ditched all of my friends and then sobbed like full body sobbed yeah. for 15 minutes in front of two photos of Patty Smith and Robert Mablethorpe. Mm-hmm. The reason, I mean, it was embarrassing. I was like, security, you got this 19 year old girl out of here. <laughs> I cried because my brain was making a link to one my youth is slipping away during this pandemic I turned 26 this month um and then to the very obvious link right between like the AIDS plague and epidemic yeah. and then this pandemic and how they just feel so inextricably linked to the government not caring about people yeah. and young people dying and what is this going to mean for a generation in years, especially like artists and people who are marginalized and don't have money, et cetera. Yeah. So I cried a lot. That was nice. Um, 
my mistake of the week didn't really have any, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not feeling like I made, I mean, I was in the Berkshires, so I didn't really have time to make something that felt like a mistake to me. Um, I guess if anything, my mistake and my hot take would be linked, which is that my mistake would be that I tweeted my honest feelings about the pandemic, which was also my hot take of the week. But it was a mistake because then people thought that I cared what they had to say in response to my tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost a ton of I had like 5180 followers at the beginning of the week and I have like 5106 now. Unfollow me if you want. I don't yeah. care. You know, it's like I honestly hate having. Enough so followers. share your hot take that you lost followers. Oh, for. well, the hot take. Um, I actually know. Let me just pull up the tweet and read it real quick because I do have it. Um, and then I can discuss. Uh, let's see, because I tweet 28 hours a day. Um, <laughs> it is our full time job. Oh, OK, that we're so not being paid for. I said COVID is still happening because our government refuses to pay people to stay home and has abandoned us. But absolutely keep blaming the severity of this pandemic on people hanging out with their friends. Weirdo behavior, in my opinion. But you do you learn how and where to direct your resentment and anger. That's all I'll say. Um which obviously, like, people are going to get pissed about. And obviously, you know, this was, like, linked to... So for anyone who is either online or a fag like me, you will know the controversy with the Gays Over COVID Instagram account. If you don't, it's a new Instagram account. We don't know who it's run by. It has, like, millions of followers. Like, big-time comedians follow it, actors, actresses, etc. It also just made its way to Good Morning America, which, like, is a whole issue because now we have straight newscasters being like, the pandemic is because gay people are partying, (laughs) which just sounds like the AIDS epidemic all over again. But it's an account that, like, has been calling, has been getting addresses of these like secret parties in LA or Mexico or wherever these circuit parties are happening and then calling the cops. So then the cops are coming and breaking up these parties. And then the account is like posting these photos being like, thank you LAPD for working with us. And on top of that, I'm seeing like a lot of people I follow on Twitter and Instagram and like, like real, not like internet, but like real life friends of mine, you know who you are (laughs) sharing these posts Without any, like, critical fucking thinking skills of how much of a fucking idiot you look like, co-signing cops being called to break up circuit parties and, like, co-signing the criminalization of people breaking COVID guidelines when months ago you were at Black Lives Matter protests calling for the abolition of the police. Yeah. It's just, it's like, learn your history, faggots. It's insane to me. It's crazy. So, like, that has been going on. And then I saw some, like, mutuals of mine tweeting about what's going on in LA, which I don't live in LA. I can't imagine how like horrendously scary it must be. I just read that one in five people don't have, aren't someone explained it as they don't have COVID, but they're testing positive. I don't know what that means. So they're transmitting it. They're like asymptomatic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So one in five. So that's like. Are are like uh, contagious. Yeah. 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 Right. Which is horrifying. So, you know, I've been seeing people kind of tweeting about that and their takeaway is that this is the fall of people hanging out with their friends. And like I've said on earlier episodes, like, you know. March to May, I felt this way. And I was like, you're a scumbag. And I did everything I could. I like would order groceries to my house. I didn't leave my apartment because I lived in like a predominantly low income neighborhood of like black and brown people. And I was like very, you know, conscious about not wanting to be that gentrifier spreading a fucking plague to people. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, 
I don't know, man. At this point, the government has fully turned their backs on us, Democrats and Republicans, besides like the squad, and they don't have any power. Mm-hmm. This pandemic has raged on for nearly a year now. Most of us stayed home for three to four months. Nothing happened. It's just gotten worse. And I just like don't under I've never understood the idea of like screaming at individuals who don't have nearly the level of culpability and power that people in power have and blaming it on them. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that if you're going out and you're seeing your friends, you're not somewhat responsible. I know that I bear a brunt of like being responsible and potentially spreading this plague by hanging out with my friends and opening up my social circle a bit more than I had months ago. I get that. But I am. And so like, you know, you could say I'm biased, but I'm I don't know. I just I could never imagine getting so angry at people for just like trying to figure out how to live their lives during a really tumultuous time instead of getting angry at a government that hasn't paid us to stay home, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to give us $2,000. We have vaccines. Which is also like the least least amount of money they could give us. It's like crazy that $2,000 is the big amount that they're offering when it's been almost a year. Almost a year. We have vaccines piling, like bottles of vaccines piling up and expiring expiring. like go get fucking angry at the government i'm sorry i'm not gonna like i'm I'm not gonna stop seeing my friends i'm just (laughs) it's not i mean i'll stop seeing i I, honestly i will stop seeing my friends if there's like an in an a um outbreak in new york that's of the same like caliber of oh yeah totally and like um even even if the government continues to do nothing that's the least i could do in my like local environment but i'll i will gladly go home if the government did fucking anything like literally anything same um i would probably still see you yeah (laughs) but i would still see you and like 20 of my closest friends (laughs) And just like 45 of my closest friends, but that's it, it, you guys. guys. And they're not allowed to see anyone else, (laughs) just me. Um, No, I mean, I, I mostly agree with, I mean, I agree with you on all the bigger points and it's not even that I, I don't even think that you would disagree with what I'm about to say. I think what I, I think that um, some of the people that were maybe interacting with your hot take or unfollowing you over Mm -hmm. it might not really know all the layers of what you were specifically angry yeah, about totally. that's what i'm talking about and now. so i um i empathize with the people who might not know you know the the intricacies of um the like uh pro-police anti-gay <laughs> like weirdness that's kind of uh come out of that instagram account and then um subsequently like the discourse around it but there's some people who are just like infuriated and angry at what's going on. And the easy, it's not even the easiest thing to blame. One of the things to blame is people seeing their friends and going to parties. And so I think if you're just one of those people that's like, what the fuck? People are partying right now. Yeah. It's easy to be like, mm, I'm going to unfollow anybody defending that. But the most compelling argument against the basically the opinion that you uh, shared on Twitter, which mm-hmm. I agree with, but the yeah. most compelling argument against it, in my opinion, is just the like families of healthcare workers. Totally. And like, so like for like, if anyone is listening to this, who is a healthcare, I mean, I know multiple healthcare workers do listen to this. Um, first of all, and but, I love you guys. And like, literally I like 100% agree with, um, that 
the people who are at like raves right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Are, Going to a circuit party or a yeah. rave is insane to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't think you're. I yeah. don't think you are actually defending that. No, I I'm think not. you were more uh, voicing the opinion that how people were um, dealing with those circuit parties and raves was like in itself. An entirely different and equally fucked up problem, yeah. which is the police bullshit and, yes. and homophobia and um, blame. Like it's classic, classic government tactic mm-hmm. to fuck up our lives and then get us to blame each other. Totally. For it. Yeah. So like, but I will say um, I completely 100 <laughs> percent do not. And I, and I know you agree with this. Do not um, condone like people being so dismissive of healthcare workers lives right now that they're going to go to a fucking rave. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Absolutely. Like, Say anything you will about how like, well, I'm not I don't I'm not in a like pod with anybody that is at risk. So it's fine. It's like you might not personally be. But if you catch covid and you happen to be one of the people or or the person you spread it to, like your roommate, whoever happens to be one of the people that now has to go to the hospital, even if it's not that severe of a case like that's strains on resources yeah. and healthcare workers lives and even might be taking up a bed for somebody who needs it more. Totally. Whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, let me like as uh, frontline workers that like have no choice but to interact with other people might need that fucking bed. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Let me clarify uh, just again that for <laughs> anyone who, you know, probably thinks I'm an asshole. I don't care. I don't think that that's no. how you came off at all. Well, I know. But I just think that some people don't know. I, mean, I know to some people it is because I like was reading the quote tweets of people right. being like, oh, this isn't the take you think it is. And you're irresponsible. And they don't they that their take isn't the take they think. No, it is. the point you made about classic government doing absolutely nothing and then turning us against each other. That's been my anger and frustration, especially with like the level of online shaming. I just think like if you, if you're logging on to social media every day, which is supposed to be like a fun, funny fucking way to like lose time when you have nothing going on to like, and you're using it to shame people for 24 hours, like I think you're fucking gross. I think yeah. you're annoying. And yeah. I just think like you need to find better ways to unpack your rage and like figure out who that should actually be directed at. Yeah. I, and I agree. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Nika will be um, arming herself and coming after everyone who quote tweeted that. <laughs> and then I'll be <laughs> before I go to a um, circuit party in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> um, my mistake this week mm-hmm. Let's see. I went um, on um, a couple uh, dates, a couple out- outdoor, but not socially bitch. distanced <laughs> dates. Um, I mean, actually, they were kind of socially distanced. But anyway, I went I went on a couple of dates. Um, they were with, socially distanced. <laughs> well, one of them definitely wasn't. But <laughs> but that was an informed choice. <laughs> but the beginning of the date. OK, Um he was socially distanced inside of me. <laughs> I went on a couple dates and here's the thing. Um, lovely people. Uh, I want the best for them. And um, they do uh, the, the mistake. And this isn't even really a mistake so much as they're like, oopsies, is that they um, live less than a block <laughs> away from each other. <laughs> and I just am like, I live in fucking uh, New York City. <laughs> I live in New York City. This has never happened to me before where I'm like now having to navigate um, these two people that live less than a block. Like literally they live on the same block. 
I, I feel very, um, this is like a Seinfeld episode yeah, or something. Like, welcome to literally living in a small town. That I know. Sucks. I feel like, you know, every fucking sitcom. That's like my dating life. I know. I mean, that was my dating life in Burlington. I dated brothers in Burlington. <laughs> That's a, that's a mistake for a different, maybe that'll be my, that'll be my deep dive soon, um, is the time that I, uh, two-timed brothers <laughs> in oh Burlington. God. I can't wait to hear this. It, so, I learn more and more about this slut every week. <laughs> Listen, they both like knew, um, and they're, I'm friends with them to this day, so it's fine. Okay. They definitely fuck each other. I mean, yeah, they're not blood related, so. Oh, they're stepbrothers? Well, it's complicated. Okay. They're like basically foster brothers, but not legally. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm kind of like in, in a sitcom episode where I'm on a date with two people in the same restaurant. Very Mrs. Doubtfire of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm having a very Mrs. Doubtfire moment. Um. But I'm Sally Field. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Okay, um, so that's my mistake. Um, that's and if either of you are listening, that's my mistake. <laughs> that's my mistake. Okay, um, my keepsake this week um, is that I'm pretty excited about one of them. <laughs> okay, but I'm also not going to say more than that because Gugga I feel like gorgeous. Last time um, one of us talked about being excited about someone on the pod, they never texted us Oh, again. yeah. Fuck. Well, you know, he might have. I blocked his number real fast to, like, be this new kind of woman. Like, yeah. And I love that. And thanks. I think I think you're doing a great job. But, yeah, thanks. you know, like. I'm, yeah, you never know. I'm Don't a little excited. Um, so that's my keepsake is that my cold, dead spinster heart <laughs> is feeling something. Um, and you know what? Honestly, that's my keepsake either way. No matter how it works out with this person, it's more just like I just uh, have had a lot of walls up for a while. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to know that they are capable of being cracked. A, okay, a Malibu smidge. by Miley Cyrus. Yep. <laughs> but next album, we know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we know what happens next. So next not week gonna... it'll be Adore You. <laughs> but, you know, in a couple weeks it will be... Um, the, what's the song where she was like, I don't even, is it bad that I don't even miss you or something? Oh, I don't know. I only it's, listen to her like happy tracks. Oh my God. It's really good. It's a good song, but now I can't remember the name. Anyway, my hot take, I will say that the hot take that I am going to share, you know, I'm going to use my platform for is um, that not enough people are angry about um, the stop internet exploit stop internet sexual exploitation act that is going through congress um and senate right now mm -hmm. um which is ultimately going to just be worse for everybody mm -hmm. i know it sounds like a noble the name and it's always the case with these fucking acts yep. the name sounds like it'll do good things but it is pretty much exclusively going to do bad things um I mean, I'm not like well versed enough in the topic, honestly, to relay the information on this podcast. But basically, it's going to make like all porn illegal. And um, it, that is anything that makes it's like the child of Sesta Fosta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. 
Um, but like it's bipartisan again and it's like it's gonna it pass unless everybody like literally pause this podcast and write your senators right the fuck now about um, stopping the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act. Um, and if you need a reason, like if you need more information as to why, like literally just Google stop. Um, it's like stop S-I-S-E-A. And should that be the name of the episode? Yeah, honestly, um, because it's just like it, it will not only impact sex workers. And I hate when I have to say that to make people care. Yeah, um, it will deeply impact sex workers and it'll make sexual exploitation more rampant because that's what happens with criminalization and making things illegal. I don't know. If, Are you versed enough to explain this to me like I'm a moron? Um, I mean, yeah, let me just like all of up. our listeners. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let me I don't I just don't want to like um, because I'm I'm super, super well versed in SESTA FOSTA and I keep I'm wor- worried that I will um, kind Hell of mix yeah. up the two. Don't worry. But SESTA-FOSTA, for a little refresher for anybody who's listening, um, were these two bills in 2018 that um basically made it so um, now I'm like having an insane brain fart on how to describe it. But SESTA-FOSTA were basically these bills that made websites, any website that could possibly be uh, involved in sex trafficking for any reason. Mm -hmm. Um, It made the website culpable for that rather than the individuals involved. Like Craigslist, Backpage. Craigslist, Backpage, um, Instagram. Literally, that's why Instagram, the the new changes that you Mm -hmm. see in Instagram have happened. Facebook, all all these... Tumblr is a huge one. Yeah, Tumblr. And so the, the ways that we've seen... and. What's interesting is everything that they predicted to happen with SESTA-FOSTA has happened. It's been only two mm-hmm. years and it's been like happening so quickly. And so the seed of it is that they're like, OK, we got to crack down on sex trafficking and sexual exploitation, which who among us is not for that? You know, all of us are like, yeah, stop those two things, please. Yeah. Um, but the way that they decided to do it, um, the best example being Backpage. Backpage was a website that um, sex workers, um, specifically within the realm of sex work, full service sex workers, were um, that's how they uh, met their clients and vetted their clients. And that's how they communicated with each other, like sex workers communicated with each other about safety, about uh, being references for clients, about um, just like. It was a huge resource for autonomous sex workers to be able to do sex work safely without the assistance of a quote unquote pimp, um, which is historically the purpose of a pimp. What what a sex worker gets out of um, working with a pimp is protection, right? Mm-hmm. They, they get physical protection from what could be a violent client. And so... Ooh, that web- was a rhyme. Uh- I'm kind of a lyricist. <laughs> um so Backpage was like an incredible resource. And and um, there were other websites, but Backpage was like the most famous one. And so um, when SESTA-FOSTA passed, like basically the first thing to go was Backpage because um, sex work is illegal. So any sex work is considered sex trafficking, even mm-hmm. though it literally isn't. Um, sex trafficking is with non-consensual participants and people who are being exploited. <laughs> what if you were like actually Anya? Oh, I was going to make my Anya Volt sex trafficked me joke. Again. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not right now, Nika. Um, so anyway, uh, when Backpage closed, because now this this made Backpage um, 
the 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 owners of Backpage were now um the the people that could get prosecuted for this quote unquote sex trafficking that was yeah. happening on Backpage. Mm-hmm. When in reality, Backpage and the people who ran Backpage historically worked with authorities on getting the actual sex trafficking that was happening on the website um like taken care of. Yeah. And and when there were websites like that, there was an actual paper trail that authorities could use to find actual sex traffickers. And now that those websites don't exist, um, it's like uh, the the problem doesn't exist basically yeah. to them, which is fucking so. Uh, well, I mean, that's very liberal out of sight, out of mind. Yes. And so, thank you, Kamala. Yeah, thanks. And yeah, by the way, Kamala Harris is like the Kamala Harris and David Cicilline, my piece of shit congressman from Rhode Island and the first gay mayor who yeah. everyone said was going to change the world. And I recently did a little deep and dive he on sure him. Did. And he sure <laughs> did, starting in Providence, Rhode Island, by going so hard in on prostitution. Yeah. Which is funny because allegedly he was fucking sex workers and doing lines of coke off well, the Well, literally toilet, every dark lady. Like, like, okay, Kamala Harris um, Sorry, really famously was dating her boss for a really long time who like helped her get really big uh career opportunities and say any say all you want about that being two consenting adults in a um mutually beneficial relationship bitch that's exactly what sex work is also i literally know someone who met david Cicilline because they were a sex worker he hired so i just think it's hilarious not i I also just want to clarify that i don't think dating your boss is sex work i just think that it is a similar (laughs) thing it's a similar situation um that uh, like at the core of it, um, if your whole thing is like, it's two consenting adults, then like <laughs> point in case, bitch. But anyway, so um, uh, Sesta Fosta made Backpage clothes, which sent all of these sex workers that were working autonomously on Backpage um, safely. Uh, they, they had to make the choice of mm-hmm. how to continue to do their work safely. And a lot of them had to turn to um, pimping situations, which is literally that that means the bill caused sex trafficking. (laughs) Just FYI on how SESTA FOSTA has been going. And then that's just how it's affected, like, you know, the the like ground floor of how it affected um, full service sex workers and continues to affect them. But it also has impacted all of us because now all of these websites have really, really intense um, terms of service and privacy agreements that basically allow them to monitor us at all times because these websites are trying to cover their own asses so that they don't get uh they don't get blamed for sex trafficking and possibly go to prison for it. Yep. Um so that's why uh Tumblr took its porn down. That's why Instagram and Facebook are like just constantly all up in our business and they're going to yep. get more and more up in everyone else's business the more of these bills pass. Well, so the Stop Internet Exploitation or Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act is the like love child of Sesta Fosta, and it's um, worse. <laughs> so if everything I just said to you um, scares you, um, this is worse. Also funny, like you know, not funny, haha, funny. Just I want to kill myself. That <laughs> um, not only did this bill like make it so much more dangerous for sex workers who like again usually predominantly are trans women and trans women of color and women, you know, cis women yes. of color. It also took down fucking the uh, back page part of Craigslist, which. So many trans girls that I know, including myself, used that part of Craigslist to just have sex for free. Yeah. Like, 
I literally <laughs> had some of the best sex of my life with chasers that I found on like the classified section of Craigslist. So like it didn't only impact people making money. It just impacted like people being like capital F freaks. Yeah. Cool freaks. It's just it's so fucking puritanical. If you want to learn more about this particular act. Um, this is why there's a coup right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I would be for. I'm like, let's storm Same. the fucking Capitol. Um, a bunch s- of us in pleasers and machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, now you're speaking my language. Um, yeah. I don't, it's too long of a thread to read out loud right now, but I will say that it, Just it, go Google it, it. most deeply impacts um, mar- like already marginalized people. Yes. So, um, yeah, but fucking Google it. I probably will talk about it more in future episodes, but I just wanted to say, if you're listening to this, I would really, really appreciate, and so would so many hundreds of thousands of people appreciate you writing to your senators about um, that you're against this bill. No, Anya, you're really taking up space by talking about this. Um, Because I... uh, our, my personal income is on the line, but I, I'll, I'll say like I can, I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. Um, yeah. I'm in a very privileged position where I could probably find something else to do. But there are so, so many people that um, their livelihoods are on the line and their literal lives are on the line. Yep. So thank you. So that's my hot take. Thanks. Um, what do we think uh, the fuck up of the week is? <laughs> oh, um. I mean, like the, the whole week has been a fuck up. I mean, what a what a great first week of the year. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the fuck up of the week would be what's happening right now as we record um, at the Capitol, which yeah. is just the not the coup itself, but the, you know, uh, governments. It's the fuck up of the past several decades that yeah. have led us here. Yes. yes to yes. this moment. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's I would. Uh, if I'm going to blame really anyone for this who isn't Donald Trump, because we know he's to blame, he's a villain. But in my opinion, because they're the people that I vote in, the real villains are the fucking Democrats because mm, they yeah. have sat by and fucking been silent. And when they're not silent, they put up their stupid fucking tweets, their moralistic tweets about how <laughs> this is all bad and they've done nothing. And now they're all sitting comfortably in their little offices with armed protection, still tweeting and have done absolutely nothing to work for leftists who have been screaming about this for years and have been telling them that it's going to happen. And then we get called hysterical. So I think the uh, fuck up of the week would be the Democratic Party yet again not having like even a like one fingertip on the pulse of what's going on in this country. So Nancy Pelosi, fuck you. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. I would say that is the fuck up of the week and the fuck up of our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I are around the same age and we've grown up slowly watching this around. We've watched the, the meticulous, like building to this exact moment yeah. by the people who claim, like who claim to be. I just need everyone to know that me and Anya are only two years apart, around the same age. Well, to say the same age, you would have thirty. You would have you would have <laughs> corrected me if I said we were the same age. We're not the same age. <laughs> we're approximately the same age. You guys know Anya's seventeen. Yes, I'm seventeen. Thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to be eighteen and on the casting couch. Um. <laughs> 
yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the fuck up of the week for sure. And I'm just so tired that I don't even really want to like talk about it more. I mean, I do desperately, but you know what I mean? And I will say this is the part of the movie as I I tweeted this, but it is the part of the movie where the robots turn against the engineers (laughs) that meticulously designed them to do exactly what they're doing. I mean, yeah, I will say, I do think some of this is funny. I think it's fucking hilarious to see police officers having who, who they thought were their biggest supporters turn on them. That I find funny. <laughs> Obviously what I don't but find But they're not funny, even really turned. I mean, some of them are. Yeah. The Proud Boys are. But I yeah. mean, like. Yeah, not all of them. But yeah. seeing the Proud Boys who are actually scary, like willing to kill officers is fucking funny to me. I'm sorry. Like I. Wait, no, I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Before we uh, dive in, I to the episode, even though this is fully an hour in now. But before we dive into the thing that we already recorded, mm-hmm. um, there's a few things in the episode when I was listening that like I just wanted to not clarify, but like just expand on, which I already did kind of because I talked about Sesta Fasta. There's a certain point where we rag on Ashton Kutcher for being against sex trafficking. Oh, and I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that Ashton Kutcher <laughs> is among a huge um, group of celebrities that has contributed to the existence of bills like Sesta Fasta yes. and, and more unfortunately. And yeah, um, because they uh, have been like, you know, not reading the fine print of these bills and just promoting these bills because they're anti-sex yes. trafficking, which is, I think, more like morally righteous. I absolutely agree with not wanting sex trafficking to exist um, and child exploitation and all the things that Ashton Kutcher is a champion of. But I think that if you're going to stand on any soapbox, you should, you should read the fine print. And this is ultimately actually, as I said earlier, it's making sex trafficking worse. And so that's why um, I dunk on Ashton Kutcher in this episode. Just wanted to clarify because it does sound like I'm like a fucking loser doesn't <laughs> doesn't want there to be sex trafficking. Thank you for um, clarifying. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, if you're gonna hate me. I want you to hate me for things that I actually meant. Yes. So that's kind of all I wanted to get out in the open first. Anyway, and are we done? Because I need to get ready to go to a rave. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go put my pleasers on to shoot some proud boys. Sorry, I have um an orgy to go, but they're like in like my pod <laughs> to go have. I mean, they have several other pods, but our pods like. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to come? Yeah, let's go. uh, What is it? Like 15 pods? I think 20. (laughs) There's supposed to be 400 people. but I I won't show up to anything less than 15 (laughs) pods. But as long as they're pods, you know, as long as we're tested, private island. Wait, what's a pod? (laughs) (laughs) This is a pod. Leave a review. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listener mistakes. This one says best mistakes. This one's pretty lame. And they will be nameless, though I know this person. (laughs) (laughs) My best mistakes are my best secrets. When I think about which one to tell, my brain spins like a Rolodex of one night stands with tiny dicked men and the married guy. (laughs) 
His wife had a girlfriend, so I didn't feel like a homewrecker. I let hit it for a couple of years. There's even an OD story in there. However, the story I've landed on is not one of sex or shame. It's a breakup story. No, wait. It's a love story about a breakup. My biggest mistake was breaking up with my high school sweetheart. Lame, right? But the truth is, I am newfound bipolar and was going through the early throes of mania and depression. My family wasn't nearly as wealthy as his, and he was going to the University of Georgia while I went to the community college across the street. When I ended it, I told him we were headed in different directions because if it was meant to be, our paths would cross again. Oh, naive little 18-year-old me. That's not how life works. Anyway, I told him he should go and enjoy his life of fraternity parties and fuck every blonde sorority girl he could. And he did just that. His current girlfriend looks like Margot Robbie. That's it. That's my lame-ass biggest mistake. On another note, it's been such a joy to follow you all these years and see you fearlessly, fearlessly take on life. Thanks for being your inspiring self. So I just want to say, I remember you breaking up with him and I didn't know why. And I didn't want to ask you because we don't talk that much, but we have followed each other for years. I'm so glad that you broke up with him because he looks like a thumb and you are literally a supermodel. Um, I didn't really find a mistake anywhere in there. Like, it yeah. seems like he's the one who made the mistakes and you just led with your heart. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't know this person, so I don't have the inside scoop really. But I will say that I think in general, breakups are never mistakes. I think there's a couple exceptions because every rule has an exception. But breakups happen for a reason. And we tend to romanticize the relationship after the breakup. And then we regret the breakup for whatever reason because of the things that were good. But if those things were so good... Um, you wouldn't have broken up usually, or yeah. you would come back to each other. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. So, so even, even if you feel like it was a mistake to continue dating him, cause maybe you saw red flags, it still led you to where you are right now, which is like the whole, one of like the biggest points of this podcast Yeah, is our like mutual belief that mistakes bring you to where you are right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think like as long as you continue to learn from the mistake of that relationship, you're golden. Yeah, I agree. So were they saying the the relationship itself was a mistake? That's what it, I mean. I can pull it back up and like skim. I, I I think maybe I was misinterpreting that the breakup was the mistake. Yeah, I I may have been too. Hold on, sorry. I do know more details about this than she So my biggest mistake was breaking up with my high school sweetheart. Lame, right? So to me, it's the breakup that they see as a mistake, not the relationship. Yeah, no, I don't think... But I mean, I understand why you you think that. I'm just saying that I don't think a breakup... And the high school sweetheart is the guy that she continued to date. Yes? Yeah, I think so. The guy that broke up with her? Or that she broke up with, rather? Yeah, yeah. That I ended up, I told him we were headed in different directions, but if it was meant to be, our paths would cross again. I think that's true. Oh, so oh, it's, so it seems like you think the mistake was that maybe you shouldn't have broken yes, up with him because yeah. he moved on. Yeah. Okay, I'm. it's all becoming clear now. Yeah. No, not I, at all. Yeah, I don't think that either. No. I think if you were really meant to be, you would have crossed paths again. Yeah. And I think that, like, you know, sometimes, it, like I said, you just romanticize things after the fact, but otherwise... Yeah. 
Like, really, I think, like, try to get back in touch with the person who broke up with him. Exactly. Yeah. And like, girl, staying with your high school sweetheart for the rest of your life is so 1980. So lame. I only have, I have two friends, uh, John Michael and Emily, who are high school sweethearts and got married. And they're my favorite people. I love them so much. Um, Shout out if either of them ever listened to this. But Emily's the one who um, tattooed the peach on my leg. Amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, And John Michael's a comedian and he's... Okay. So funny and such a talented writer. They've been together since they were like 15 and they're like the best couple ever. But even they will be like, we don't recommend staying with your high school. Yeah, it's, it's really rare. I mean, they're you're like, this, so... is, this took so much effort and work to make it like worth it. Yeah. And they just are lucky that they both happen to end up being cool. Also, who cares if his fucking girlfriend looks like Margot Robbie? I know yeah, what you cares? look like and you look like literally you could be on America's Next Top Model every season and win. So like... <laughs> you're doing fine girl and also i know that you started that new like vintage little shop on your instagram which i've been wanting to buy from you're like knitting things <laughs> you're killing it i don't know this person but i will say even without knowing you it, it doesn't matter if his new girlfriend looks like margot robbie like who fucking cares yeah. plenty of people look like margot robbie and are like boring including yeah. margot robbie yeah you're fine <laughs> i also margot i know robbie that, <laughs> i think is actually cool but you know what i mean i know you included your name in the email but i couldn't tell if you wanted us to use it so that's why we're not yeah well they said that's their biggest secret yeah. so i was a little bit but you know give us more stories and if you want us to use our name let us know explicitly yes and for we sure will. um i'll launch into a deep dive yes. from my past that kind of has to do with that okay deep dive Deep dive. Um, for me, it's not in a way where I think that um, I would still be with this person, but mine is also breaking up with somebody. Um, I, th- I do think that we would have broken up anyway eventually, but for me, it's just the time and way in which we broke up, I regret. So this person later came out as trans and so is now as my ex-boyfriend, but at the time was my girlfriend. And the only reason I would at all make the distinguish, like at all distinguish that is because he actually like was the reason I came out to my family and stuff. You know what I mean? So if it weren't for that, I would not even share the detail that they were my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> but it was like a meaningful relationship because it was like my first queer relationship. And I had to like come out to my parents for them to know that I was dating this person. Um, and, uh, we were only in eighth grade, so it wasn't like a serious relationship. But, you know, it's like my first official thing. Yeah. And um, I, like, sincerely loved him, like, like truly, as much as an eighth grader can love somebody. And I know that's a much simpler puppy, puppy love, but it was real. And I was also just going through some bullshit at the time. Um. If you listen to our first episode, you'll know kind of what that bullshit was. But like my parents were going through a divorce and I was doing too many drugs <laughs> for my 12 year old self, 12 and 13 year old self. And just some like it just wasn't I was really going out of my way to like stir up trouble in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so this very stable, wonderful person that like loved me and that I loved um, wasn't compatible with the bomb I was trying to set off in my own life. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember breaking up with him um, because this like kind of bad boy from another school had started flirting with me. 
And I just kind of like, it's weird because even at the time I knew I didn't like him as much as I liked the person I was dating. But I just I did like the idea of like this bad boy getting my attention and like us like getting involved with each other. And I didn't want to cheat. So I basically was like, even though I genuinely love this other person, I think I'm going to break up with them so that I can like pursue this like like obviously more toxic option because I want the more toxic thing right now. Yeah. So um, and in my defense, I was 12 to 13 years old at the time. 1300 years old. So um, yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend and I felt uh, like shit about it, even the moment, because I did love this person so much. We continued to be like best friends, which was super messy and complicated because I Mm -hmm. went on to really just like be a messy slut for the next few years. Mm -hmm. And he kept being my best friend and we were like actively in love with each other still. Mm. He ended up dating my best friend Mm. Like, he came out as trans and then dated my best friend. And then, like, there were, like, weird things said about, like, well, then my first honest relationship I've ever been in, which I I know is, like, about him being his true authentic self mm-hmm. and, like, being out. But I was also, like, ouch, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I also was, like, I broke up with you for a guy who dirt bikes. So... I don't deserve anything. We've all been there. (laughs) My dirt bike is hot. Um, And then that's also like eventually what led to me, like not even eventually, within like two months of that, I ditched the dirt bike guy for that. If you did listen to our first episode, the 17 year old that I ended up dating Mm -hmm. toxically when I was in eighth grade. So I ultimately, it's my, one of my biggest mistakes to have broken up with that ex from seventh and eighth grade um, because it was hurtful to him. Obviously, I hate that I hurted somebody, hurted, hurt somebody. Um, but I also like would not have done some of the more uh, toxic, self-destructive things in my life yeah. had we not broken up. So I get it, girl. <laughs> I yeah. get it, reader who wrote in um, or listener, not reader, because uh it can sometimes just be like, you know, you wonder what would have happened. Yeah. But you have to like kind of just stick to what did happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's very simple. And I'm still sometimes. friends with this person. We are still friends. And like, okay, he's great. But he also like, there's no way we would still be at all interested in each other. So it's not like I'm like, I think we would have ended up together forever. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that maybe we could have like been high school sweethearts or something. And I just kind of fucked that up. I got it. On that note, I really want a hot guy with a dirt bike to ride it right over my vulva. (laughs) Listen, that's where I was at in eighth grade. That's how I felt. Flip your skateboard onto my clit. Yeah. Um, Well, that, I mean, your deep dive and our submitter and listener's story, mistake, whatever you want to call it, really relates heavily. I'm holding my book that I'm going to be referencing to... My famous mistake today. Best mistake. Which is about um, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher. If you had a pulse in the mid-2000s and the 2010s, you will remember that they were famously married. 
Um, problematic age difference. Yeah, marriage. with their because she molested him. Um, <laughs> if you ask any was Gen Z person on Twitter, child. a wee lad. Um, so Demi Moore started dating Ashton Kutcher in 2004, and they were together for quite a while. I didn't realize how long they were together. And um, they split up in 2012. Oh wow! Yeah, so almost eight, eight years. Yeah, eight years. So they were together for a really long time. Oh, I thought they were together for like. Two years. I think they were married for a shorter period of time than they were dating. Yeah. Um, she says in her memoir, Inside Out, um, that obviously part of the reason she married him was being a single mom with three young daughters. And it like, you know, you have a young boyfriend, you should probably marry him. Like feels mm. inappropriate. Um, and I highly, highly, highly recommend this memoir. Not only if you love celebrity memoirs like I do, but just the way that Demi Moore weaves a story of being a woman who has suffered sexual abuse, substance abuse, manipulation by men, and being so visible in the media and never speaking on it, and then writing a memoir and kind of the lesson of what does it mean to take back your own narrative and really, like, you get to be the judge and the jury of what you did wrong and what you did right. Mm. I read this book in four hours a few months ago. I, like, could not look away. Um, So they were married, and it was, like, pretty sunny. And Demi Moore suffered from substance abuse, uh, abuse in her early 20s. Um, during one of her first films, she almost lost the job because she was showing up coked out and drunk, etc. Her mother had substance abuse issues. And the producer and the director of that movie um, basically saved her life, she says in the book, and said, we're going to help you get clean, but you're going to rehab because like, you have star quality and we want to see you succeed. She never picked up a drink again and never did a drug again. Wow, really? Yeah. So she was sober for like 22 years before she met Ashton Kutcher. Oh my God. Uh, raised her children sober, etc. Just never did it again. It really stuck. And when she met Ashton Kutcher, she says that, you know, the relationship was new and he was so much younger than her and it was exciting. And they were out to eat one day. And he ordered a drink and she brought up to him that she was sober. And he said something along the lines of sobriety is like a state of mind. Like, oh, my God. Ashton Kutcher also, just a real quick side note, is one of the celebrities that's like spearheading this like anti-child sex trafficking she did bullshit. It with him, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. That was their but, like marriage project. But still, like he just he's so self-righteous and like well, he's so, an Aquarius. What do you expect? He loves to think that he has like the answer to everything. Oh God, he's so annoying. Yeah, Aquarius men are annoying. <laughs> um not the Aquarius guy I went on a date with today, but the rest of them are. Um, he will be eventually. You're just not over him yet. No, he won't. <laughs> Give me a few days for him to text me. Okay. Um, and then I'll hate him. Um, <laughs> so on this date, she was just in this like kind of fragile state of mind, right? Where she was like, God, he's so much younger than me. He feels worldly. This is exciting. Maybe he's right. Maybe I can, after 20 something years of sobriety, enjoy a fucking drink. And one thing led to another and she did have the drink and it just spiraled downward. As Wait, so on the date she had a drink with him? Yeah. Ashton Kutcher. I know. Okay, and I'm do, sorry. And, I, I do eventually want to be best friends with Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. And I know Ashton Kutcher is like in their friend group, but like 
if you guys are listening to this, you have to understand your friend is so annoying. <laughs> and she, I mean, she like, it's pretty big of her. She never once blames him in this memoir for anything, even in terms of encouraging her to, you know, not stay sober. Um, so she owns it. And he... Yeah, but that's manipulative. It is, but I'm just saying that I think it's like big of her, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so fast forward a little bit into their marriage. They unexpectedly get pregnant. Um, and this is towards the end of their marriage. She gets pregnant. She already has three daughters all in their 20s. And it's like very complicated for the family. But obviously she's excited. And Ashton Kutcher really wants children. She ends up miscarrying her child six months into the pregnancy, which is like really, really uncommon. Um, that's so late late and really fucking traumatic yeah I I can only imagine and she goes on to write in the book that he begins to pull away and that she feels like he's pulling away because that's his way of mourning and it wasn't as intense for him because he wasn't carrying that life inside of him and he ends up cheating on her multiple times after this So not only does his wife lose their baby six months into the pregnancy, he goes out and finds himself in between multiple women's legs. Love men. And she, and because she's a celebrity and he's a celebrity, it's all over the the fucking media. It's in People magazine. Every magazine is reporting on this. Ashton Kutcher found walking out of a party tonight in LA with like a woman on his arms. So she confronts him and he denies it. She can, she confronts him and he denies it again. She confronts him. He finally admits it. They end up, she ends up calling it quits and she's like, I can't do this anymore. So it's 2012 and let me just open up the book. (laughs) It's 2012 and she is at a party with the only daughter who is still speaking to her, which was rumor, her oldest daughter. And this is what she says about how she acted after breaking up with Ashton and losing the baby. And she says, I couldn't eat. I shrank down to 96 pounds, skeletal. I started getting blinding headaches. My body hurt all over, and inside of it, my heart was broken. I felt like giving up. All I could think was, how did I get here? I went away with rumor for Christmas. I was not in a good place, and I behaved badly. One of her friends was with us, and I was just being a little bit too flirty in that sad way a woman can sometimes act when she's looking for validation. Oh, I feel that. And she goes on to say, I started to misuse migraine medication, nothing crazy, but I was chipping away at something, trying to dig out of my pain. I found a way. At that party in my living room in January 2012, I didn't do anything more than anyone else did. Rumors, some friends of hers, some friends of mine. I inhaled some nitrous. I smoked a little spice, which is like a man-made pot. It's not like I went wild. So this ends up leading to her. After inhaling the nitrate oxide, nitrate, however you say it, and smoking the synthetic weed, she collapses on her floor. And she apparently starts having a seizure. And she goes on to say that she heard people saying, call 911. And with all of her strength, she screamed out, don't. Not because she didn't want to go to the hospital, but because she knew 
what was coming with that, which was paparazzi news spreads everywhere saying Demi Moore overdoses rush to ER at daughter's party. Yeah. So she was like, please don't do that. Obviously. And thank God she's a national treasure. No one listened. She went to the hospital and she ended up going into rehab. Rumors stopped speaking to her. So now all three of her daughters were not speaking to her. She was about to get divorced. Bruce Willis, her ex-husband, stopped speaking to her, which I think is really fucking rich because he like was like a womanizer who married a 20-something-year-old and no one cared, but she did it. And she was like some fucking Mrs. Robinson cradle robber. <laughs> anyway, it ended, her, it ended up with her in rehab, which led to her recovery, which led to her speaking to her daughters again a few years later, which led to her daughter, um, Tallulah, moving back in with her, addressing her substance abuse issues, going to rehab herself, which led to her writing Inside Out. Like, it led that mistake, which was the, like, catharsis of a prolonged mental breakdown, led to her finding that, like, light at the end of the Mm -hmm. tunnel. And... Not only getting better mentally, but also for the first time in her career, being able to like step into this renaissance as this 50 something year old woman who had always been slandered in the media and had never spoken out against it, getting to literally in the form of a memoir, rewrite her own narrative and take back her story. And that for me is really powerful, not only as someone who has struggled with substance abuse issues, but just as someone as we're doing this podcast, she believes that your fuck ups lead you to where either you need to be or you just simply are today. Yeah. Like that to me is like the proof in the pudding. Yeah, totally. If like all it's almost like all of the stars aligned in the most fucked up and chaotic ways for her to finally start living life for herself and then dealing with like all of this intergenerational trauma that she had repressed for her entire life. Um, and I don't know. I just like this book made me so emotional and I, it's, it just, cause I, I remember being a kid and I remember like hearing uh grown women, like make fun of her and call her disgusting. And then I remember those being in the tabloids, my senior year or my junior year of high school about her overdose. Um, And I remember, like, never identifying with the national conversation, but I was also, like, coming into my own as, like, you know, a woke feminist at the time, (laughs) not identifying with the way that the media was speaking about her and being like, this is a woman who, like, it just fucked up and that's fine. Yeah. Like, and while she's fucking up, Ashton Kutcher gets to go and, like, fucking marry Mila Kunis and, like, have his babies, which, like... Good for him. They're, like, apparently still friends to this day. Good for them. Like, good for them, but also fuck him. Yeah. And, I don't know, (laughs) it's it's moving to me that not only did she get to reclaim all of this, but it also, like, made her, one of her daughters realize her own personal history with substance abuse. And then it, like, brought all of them back together. Um, Okay, but has Demi Moore um, apologized for her anti-sex work (laughs) activism? (laughs) She has I'm not. Kidding. I'm kidding. She has, unfortunately, she has not. I wish that she would. Demi, if you're listening to this, think about it. Think um, about it. I, I, so as I said, my sources are Demi Moore's memoir, Inside Out. Um, and also, 
uh, Red Table Talk, hosted by Jada Pinkett Smith mm, and Willow her Smith. daughter, Willow Smith, and her mother. Uh, Demi Moore speaks on it with Rumor and, um, I believe, Tallulah, not Scout. I don't believe the youngest one was on it. Um, and they, like, really talk about the whole thing, the breakdown and then the reemergence of this, like, kind of matriarch within the family. That's amazing. I, I was thinking we should do a Jada a Jada episode because of the whole Augustus Well, we stuff. just, like, put our hands all over the table and then say things that, like, sound really smart but aren't. We could do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant about her mistake. Oh, her entanglement. And her, and her entanglement. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because yes, yes. I'm fascinated by it. And it was such a meme, you know, yeah. when it actually is kind of an interesting story about like marriage falling Poor apart Smith, and coming back together. I don't think so. If, I, I mean, do. I know there's that that like image of him that everyone was using as like basically like a broken down man. I don't think he's but, broken down, but I can definitely imagine him like jacking off in a chair in the bedroom while Jada. Okay, Smith maybe is he's literally a cuck. Yeah, I think he's literally. A I cuck. think that might be fine. Yeah, I, I just mean the insult of calling somebody a cuck. Oh yeah, I don't think is like I think he's like totally actually chill. Yeah, if you're a cuck, come my way. I'll cuck you. Yeah, totally. I love cuck, cucks. Cuck, cuck. Um, but um, anyway, I find that to be um inspiring yeah good I for her so. let's see I, there, she has this like little bit at the end of the book which i would love to end it with where she speaks about taking back her own narrative um let's see where is it ah she says i belong here in myself in this house on this planet i am in my mid-50s now I've outlived both of my parents. I know that what I walked through was a lot, especially coming from where I came from. The truth is, the only way out is in. Ooh. Right? The only way out is, is in. in. Is in. God, that's why I need to finger myself more. More, yeah. So <laughs> I do a lot of mom. clitoral stimulation, not a lot of penetration. Call your mom. Call your ex. <laughs> call your sponsor. Call your therapist. <laughs> Call your teacher from first grade, because the only way out is, is in. Is in. Laura <gasps> love the story. Well, good for her. And you know what? Good for Ashton. Good for Mila. I actually do think it's great that they did find, like, they came back together yeah, in the end. Whatever. It is. I mean, like, listen, just from the perspective of somebody who consumes pop culture, like it is my oxygen. Listen, I loved it until I read this book and now I never want to see him again. No, like, I mean, I you heard me. That. I texted him. You heard me already. You've heard, you've heard me loud and clear, Ashton. I don't want to see your face around these parts. But I do think, like, objectively, it's pretty cute that he and Mila Kunis ended up back together. But yeah, also, fuck him. <laughs> if you want, um, if you love the, the Demi Moore, Bruce Willis family the way that I do... Um, I would follow Rumor Willis's um like Depop style Instagram page. I finally recently unfollowed all of the Willis girls because I just had to. Um, but her Instagram is so funny, the Depop one, because she tries to resell all of her clothes for like a hundred dollars less than what she bought them for, but because she is a rich celebrity, she's been trying to sell dresses for four hundred during a pandemic, and they're just not selling. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah, gotta respect the hustle, though. I get. Yeah, I guess. 
I mean, you don't literally got to, but no, but you need to. And if you don't, you don't listen to this podcast. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't respect Rumor Willis's hustle <laughs> to sell her ugly clothes, there is no place for you here. Then don't literally ever talk to me again. <laughs> but do send us your listener mistakes at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Love you. Follow us on everything at bestmistakespod. Um, and you know what? Just like if you can help it, don't date and then marry Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, please. <laughs> That's my main advice for today. Agreed. And hey, it's never, ever a mistake to break up with somebody. Yeah, especially your high school sweetheart. Or Ashton Kutcher. Or Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah. So. Or your middle school sweetheart. Or your teacher. Sure. Yeah. Or your psychiatrist. Or your last dad. episode. Or your dad, like, sure. Break up with whoever you want. Sure. I mean, you that does Just kind of imply me. like a romantic relationship with your dad. Well, which, I'm not going to kink shame. Me neither. <laughs> you know? I would actually love to. There are some interesting firsthand accounts of, of um, you dating your dad. Of me, Anya Volts, <laughs> dating my dad. I would date your dad. No, of of people who are in romantic relationships with their fathers. Oh, like life. the people who like find them yes. after. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. We got to so talk There's about it. There's a long episode about it. We'll talk about it next week, guys. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>